0: The Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Grace and mercy, peace and blessing to each and all this stunning Sunday morning in the city of Boston. Whether you are here in the pews of Marsh Chapel, listening over the airwaves at WBUR 90.9 FM, listening over internet signals at WBUR.org, or have downloaded the podcast at bu.edu chapel. We are glad you have stopped by to participate in a moment of prayer and praise, worship, and reverence on your way to the Esplanade to hear the pops and watch the fireworks. I bear greetings from our Dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, who looks forward to greeting you upon his return in early August. I am Brother Larry Whitney, the University Chaplain for Community Life here at Marsh Chapel, and I could not be more pleased to welcome you and greet you this holiday Sunday. Let us stand as we are able in the praise of God. Please be seated. God the Father forgives us in Christ and heals us by the Holy Spirit. Let us therefore put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice, and confess our sins to God, our Redeemer, during the singing of the Kyrie. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with heartfelt repentance and true faith turn to him, have mercy upon you, pardon and forgive you for all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: A lesson from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 66, verses 10 to 14. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice with her in joy. All you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast that you might drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. For thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees as a mother comforts her child so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see, and your heart shall rejoice. Your bodies shall flourish like the grass, and it shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with his servants, and his indignation is against his enemies.
2: Lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Galatians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 16. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh, but if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, Whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. See what large letters I make when I am writing in my own hand? It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised, so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them, And mercy, and upon the Israel of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 66 with the antiphon. joyful in God, all you lands. Sing the glory of God's name. Sing the glory of God's praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great strength, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down before you, sings to you, sings out your name. Come now and see the works of God. How wonderful he is in his doing toward all people. God turned the sea into dry land, so that they went through the water on foot, and there we rejoiced in him. In his might God rules forever, his eyes keep watch over the nations. Let no rebel rise up against him. Bless our God, O peoples, let the sound of God's hand be heard, let kept us among the living, and has not let our feet slip. Please now stand in body as you are able, but certainly in spirit, for the singing of the Gloria Dei, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of our hymn.
0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. Glory to you, O Lord. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for a laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me." The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. (laughs) seated. You have made it thus far anyway to the wooden pews among limestone walls and stained glass in the nave of Marsh Chapel, or at least you've managed on this glorious holiday weekend to set your radio alarm dial to 90.9 FM, and you have been blessed to awaken to the sometimes playful, always joyful strains of organ and choir. A holiday weekend is nerve wracking endeavor for any preacher, but perhaps especially when the holiday itself falls on Sunday. Will anyone bother to show up? Indeed, you have come to glory in the opening days of July in beautiful Boston, and we welcome you here at Marsh Chapel on your way to hear the pops and watch the fireworks this evening. What a rich blessing! May we pray. Holy and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, guide our hearts and minds into ever deeper knowledge and love of you, that at the last we may find communion with you and one another at the banqueting table of all good gifts. Amen. Oh, goodness, this is uncomfortable. Well, yes, it is rather warm in an unair conditioned nave on a hot summer day in Boston, but no, this is not what I was referring to. Even more uncomfortable for the preacher of the day than heavy vestments on a hot day is the task of wrestling with apparently contradictory texts. What are we to make of this? Well, what shall it be? Are we to rejoice with Jerusalem as God has declared victory for her and accounted divine sanction to her future success, as with Isaiah? Or, are we to follow the command of Jesus? Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this that the spirits submit to you. To rejoice or not to rejoice? That is the question, at least for today. And what finer day to ask the question than on the day we celebrate the victories and successes of the United States of America from its founding to the present day. Yes, we would be remiss on this at least as much as any other day, to glory in our triumphs, victories, and successes without acknowledging and grappling with the concomitant ambiguity inherent in such accomplishments. Noah Feldman of the law school at a neighboring institution put it poetically when he titled his recent contribution to the New York Times op-ed page The Triumphant Decline of the Wasp. Indeed, as Feldman points out, should Elena Kagan be confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States, then the great vision of meritocratic achievement and inclusion bequeathed to this country by white Anglo-Saxon Protestants will be accomplished precisely by delivering a bench devoid of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Or, given the recent proliferation of vampires in the media, I am hoping that a reference to the recent film Daybreakers may not be too far off the mark. The central problem of the film is that once the vampires have bitten everyone and turned them into vampires, they have effectively cut off their own food supply. Oops. These are, of course, both extreme cases of the colloquialism, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. While in the former case we may wish to affirm the outcome, and in the latter case we may find some amusement in the irony, it is almost certainly the case that the successes achieved were not quite what the instigators had in mind when they started the snowball down the hill. Do we have enough metaphors going on here? Are you keeping up? Oh good. Now, do not misunderstand me. I am not suggesting that President Obama should have nominated a vampire to be the Supreme Court. Vampires and the Supreme Court have nothing to do with one another. What I do want to put on the table for consideration is the ambiguity of success. Politicians and pundits would have us take an apocalyptic view with regard to virtually every issue of our day. If we go one way, the world will come to an end. If we go the other way we will enter a utopian paradise of harmony and bliss. To be honest, life would probably be easier if it actually worked this way. Unfortunately, life is not made up of black and white issues. Life is complex, interconnected, and messy. In contrast to the apocalyptic view of life and its issues, we might call this the whack-a-mole approach to life and its problems. Every time you solve one problem, whack, one or possibly several more pop up that you could not have expected. Even when we do manage to pull off what would amount to a clear victory, we are often left with a feeling of ambivalence. It may be that the Union North defeated the Confederate South in the Civil War, But then what exactly are we to make of the hundreds of thousands of casualties along the way? Or perhaps even more immediately distressing, it may be that you graduated first in your class from BU Law. But now there are no jobs for lawyers. Did I make the right choice? Did I follow the right path? I have achieved my goal, but was the goal really worth achieving or even pursuing in the first place? And not only are you stuck with both the good and the bad mixed up in whatever path you followed, you are also stuck with the outcome at which you have arrived, and not any other. After three years of law school, you become a lawyer, which is also to become not a doctor, not a teacher, Not a journalist, not an historian. After three years of seminary, well, actually, it's still not entirely clear to me what you become after three years of seminary, but whatever it is, that is what you are, and not something else. Do not be deceived, said Paul, for you reap whatever you sow. Is this not precisely the problem? Dare we to sow anything for fear that we might be forced to reap it? What, pray tell, are we supposed to do with all of this ambiguity? Let me assure you that you have come to the right place. The good news of Jesus Christ for us today is that all of the ambiguities of life in the world are in fact taken up in God, whence they are judged. God does not judge us for clarity decisiveness. Do not rejoice at this, that the Spirit submit to you. No, we are judged based on the gracefulness with which we pursue righteousness. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The trick, you see, is not to be right. The trick is to be grounded and oriented such that as ambiguous successes and failures come our way, we can navigate successfully between Scylla and Charybdis. As I am wont to say to my colleagues in higher education administration, if our students somehow manage to learn nothing in the classroom, but learn to fail and recover gracefully, then we will have achieved our mission. as an an institution of higher education. And how better are we to learn to cope with ambiguity than by coming to the communion table? There is no more ambiguous space. What exactly are we consuming when we come to the table? Bread and wine or flesh and blood? And if indeed it is flesh and blood, how so, and how is this possible? We do not know. There is and never has been an entirely unified answer to this central question in the life of the Christian church. And yet, the ritual act of sacrifice at the center of the Eucharistic rite remains at the heart of Christian life and practice, in all of its ambiguity. In one exchange at the fraction between priest and congregation, the priest proclaims, Behold what you are. And the congregation responds, May we become what we have received. As we turn to Christ's table, may we become what we receive. Let us become people whose ambiguous lives are yet sources of rejoicing, not in absolute successes on our parts, but in the glory of God who loves us in the midst of ambiguity and ambivalence. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. It is with sadness this past week that we said a fond farewell to Father Paul Helfrich, who for a decade ably served the Catholic community and the community of Boston University as he moves on in ministry, first to Tallahassee, Florida, and then after a year's time, he will return to Boston in other capacities. Nevertheless it is with great joy that we welcome this morning Sister Olga Jakob, our new university chaplain of the Catholic Center here at BU, and we welcome her, having read the first lesson this morning, and uh, after several years of ministry now to be among us in this new way. Please join me in welcoming Sister Olga. We are indeed glad that you are here with us this morning and that we hope that you will take a moment to put your name and contact information down on the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew that we may get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the week. We would also point you to the chapel website bu.edu chapel for updates on ongoing activities and for the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God. give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Bless these gifts and those who have given them for the ministry of your church in the world. Amen. Peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father. Peace from his Son, Jesus Christ, who is our peace. Peace from the Holy Spirit, the life giver. The peace of the triune God be always with you. Let us share with one another a sign of peace. As the grain once scattered on the fields and the grapes once dispersed on the hillside are now reunited on this table in bread and wine, so, Lord, may your whole church soon be gathered from the corners of the earth into your kingdom. Amen. The Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you, with saints and angels praising you and singing, and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord, and as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them, and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again, he praised you, gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great is the mystery of faith. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favor on your people, gather us in your loving arms, and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Grant us peace. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word, and I shall be healed. Let us pray. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Dearly beloved, let us remember that life is short and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who walk the way with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. In the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit abide and remain with you now and always. Amen.